Welcome to the Bearing Fruit Podcast, where we will be discussing the simplicity of Christianity. This is a production of Simply Free Church in Lanark, Illinois. Now here's your host, Pastor Glenn Scott. Um, I've been kind of on this kick um, about reaching people and what we're supposed to do as Christians. And I think a lot of people try too hard at this. So we went through the whole thing about sowing seeds. And really, in the uh, parable of the sower, only 25% of those seeds fell on good ground. So don't get discouraged if you're trying to reach one of your friends or family or coworker, and they don't reach back to you, don't respond the way that you want. This is something that maybe somebody else can do. And if you just keep pounding them and pounding them and pounding them, you're going to ruin everything. I want you to know when to walk away and go on to the next type of soil because that one might work. And it might take a few, 25% actually fell on good soil. Then we talked about the people that reject you, how you're going to treat them. And I'll, I'll admit, I'm one of these people that um, I've been extremely mad before. I've tried to reach somebody and I just I had it on my heart. And, and I'm not saying that I tried too hard, but all of a sudden... They come up to me and say, I got saved. So-and-so came over and told me something, and it was a revelation, and now I, I get it. And I'm like, dude, I tried to tell you that for 10 years. What, you know, now I'm mad at them because they didn't listen to me, but they listened to wacko over there. See, as a wacko, that would be the person that's trying to beat you over the head with a Bible that I say doesn't work. Well, it worked on that person. So don't get discouraged and walk away. I want to make sure that you don't treat people badly when they don't respond the way you want. And last week we talked all about how Jesus treated people, even those that hated him. And he even says if there's sin in the church and bring them before the church and and if they don't listen, treat them like the Gentiles and the tax collectors. So we took a look at how he treated the Gentiles and the tax collectors. He was never mean to them. He was never unkind to them. So when we walk away, we brush the dust off of our feet, we are not going to treat this person any different than we would anybody else. Do not get mad at them. If the goal is to actually reach them with the good news of Jesus Christ, to give them eternal life, and you can't do it, support the next person that can. Maybe somebody else can reach them. And we actually went through there. You know, Kelly and I were good at the whole biker thing, right? Um, We could reach bikers. But I can't reach my mother. I mean, my mother tried to reach me, and I blew her off. But my mom, she wanted... uh, she wanted these hymns and, and stuff like that, and I don't want to go to church there. You see, she can reach a person, though, that loves old hymns. Each one of us can reach somebody, but if you try too hard, you're going to blow it. And when they don't respond to you in the way that you think they should, do not get upset, do not get mad, don't treat them any different than you would anybody else. In fact, today we're going to talk about how you should treat them. We talked about how not to treat them. Now we're going to talk about how to treat them. I, um, I don't think I'm probably too much different than anybody else. I know that I'm flawed, right? Now, that might be a surprise to some of you. But I have these flaws, and I'm no different than you. Some, some things I'm just not good at, and we go through the whole fruit of the Spirit, and I might as well just cross a couple of them off because I haven't got there yet. But when somebody comes up to me and says, boy, you blew that, what would you do that for? That hurts, doesn't it? And then, then I try to justify it. Now you see, I got this little voice telling me, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. So now we're going to do this thing, right? And it ruins everything. 
I got some people that came to church here a couple times, and they didn't like what I had to say. And we went back and forth, and I'll never see them again. So I'm hoping that one of you guys can reach them. But actually, they were over the top on the other side because they were so deep-rooted in their Christianity that they brought up something that was so theological that they didn't believe the same way that I believe. Now, that's not the person I'm trying to reach. I'm trying to reach simple folk. Now, if you don't think you're simple folk, I guess you can leave. <laughs> but this, this is so simple. This is so plain. And he tells us not to argue about trivial things. And this is what happens in the church. Somebody's sitting in grandma's seat, and what'd you sit there for? And now where am I going to sit? And, and, oh my gosh, how can you have a dog in church, right? And, and the white tennis shoes. I've got so much email about my white tennis how can you preach like that? And don't you own a razor? You know how many razors I get for Christmas? They're trying to tell me something, you see. Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. It makes me mad, so don't give me any more. I know the beard's long. And, of course, I keep it this way to reach people of a certain... Well, I'll try to be good here. I can reach people that the Methodist pastor cannot and the Methodist pastor, boy, I'm going to get it now because I said Methodist, right? Come on. I know I have flaws. You don't need to tell me. How many of you know this? Um, I can talk about my wife, but if you do it, right? <laughs> Aren't we like that? I know my flaws. I know what I need to do. But you don't have to tell me unless you think I don't know. And then when I do know, I'm going to try to justify it. This is where we get ourselves in trouble. We're going to justify that we're right. And we're going to make sure that they know we're right. As a matter of fact, let me tell you about one that I just got done with. I started Googling things, right? I'm going to find the answer. I knew I was right. So now I'm sending back things, texts, emails, back and forth. What about this? What about this? And they said, what about this? What about this? What about this? And five people probably walked past me that I could have reached, probably rode their motorcycles right past me. And I could have reached them, but I was too hell-bent uh, now, see, I said that too, right? I, I'm just a mess because people expect things from a pastor and you, you put me on this pedestal. Not you guys, you're all good. I'm no different than you guys. And I got flaws. And you know people that have flaws too. How are you reaching the people that have flaws? This is a, a huge issue. And our God, our Jesus, died for them just as much as you. And we don't think about that. Why don't you treat them a little bit better? Our society right now uh, appears to not be able to cope with anything. And uh, maybe I'm old, but my generation, they, they instilled in us that you're not going to always get your own way. And things aren't always going to go the way you want them to. And this is how you handle it. And it appears that we're getting away from teaching people how to cope. And everybody gets a trophy. And now you're not going to like that either. I know. I don't say the right words. Everybody's not a winner. Everybody doesn't get a trophy because they don't know how to cope. Can you cope with the fact that you can't reach somebody? Maybe we're the ones that need to learn how to cope. We're trying so hard to reach certain people. We want to save them. 
And, and, and we want them to, to get it. And, and then it's not just good enough. We, gotta, we want them to come to church with us, not go to some other church. No, you've got to come to church with me, 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 like you save them. We know you don't save anybody. All you do is sow seeds. What I want to do is talk to you about how you should treat people that completely reject you or get mad at you or tell you you did something you shouldn't have. Remember, we're supposed to correct people gently and kindly. We don't have the right to just throw somebody out of our life. I understand avoidance. I get that. i got a lot of people I don't want to see just because of something that happened or something I said. And right now, we are living in this divided world. It's worse than ever. I, I can't think of some other time when the world has been divided over topics right now. And, oh, heaven forbid I would mention Fox News in front of somebody that listens to CNN. Right? This is just going to open up a whole thing. And, and, and here, here I go again. I'm probably going to say the wrong thing. Somebody gets vaccinated, somebody doesn't. And we can't seem to cope with one another. We can't seem to deal with one another. You're all of a sudden taking sides, and now now things are coming out of your mouth because you're going to justify it. Well, what about this, and what about this, and what about this? And then they have, what about this, and what about this? You can't cope with somebody that doesn't think like you do. And that is not biblical. That's not a Christian. You are supposed to still treat them good. And I don't know how many times I've tried to get you to say this, right? Everybody say it. Good for you. <laughs> that is just an awesome thing to say, you know? It, it's, not, it's not trying to correct them. It, it doesn't mean that you actually approve or you, you give them uh, acceptance to do something. Good for you. Why can't we do that? Now everybody's taking this good for you and thinks that it means that I don't want to talk to you anymore. I, I told you that whenever I say this, it means I'm trying to get out of a conversation. So somebody stops by and gives me something, and I say, good for you. And they're like, well, you don't want to talk to me? <laughs> Didn't say the right thing, right? We're so bad at some of these things, and we do not know how to cope. So I think it's all got to do with the delivery. This delivery of whatever you're going to give them, right? Now, I, I personally call this justice. You got somebody that um, doesn't agree with you, and you got your facts, right? You know what you're talking about. And, of course, you got them off Google, so you know. And uh, you're going to give it to them good. You're actually going to justify your opinion or your belief, and you're going to hammer them. This is called justice. You deserve what I'm about to give you, and I'm going to give it to you good. Don't we do this? And if they come back with something even better, you've got to come up with something better yet. And then it gets to the point where, you know what? You just can't deal with it anymore. Who won the argument? Who lost the argument? I don't know, but I'm never going to do that again. And, and this, this is not Christian-like. This is not biblical at all. Why can't you be joyful and kind and gentle. This Holy Spirit that lives in you, this fruit of the Spirit, and you're supposed to bear this fruit, and you're supposed to love one another, and you're supposed to to have joy and peace and kindness and gentleness. You want to go down the signs here? 
faithfulness, goodness, patience, self-control. How is any of that in your argument? Any of it. Not one thing. And when this happens to me, I think to myself, well, they don't have the Holy Spirit in them. And they're saying the same thing about me. This is getting even worse. Now we're actually treating each other like, like pagans and tax collectors, how you think that means. Because he didn't treat pagans and tax collectors bad. He treated them very good. What we need is more joy. I mean, it's, it's the second thing on the list of fruit. Um, when you see somebody and they don't believe like you believe, they don't respond in the way that you want them to respond, can you be joyful? Can you be kind to them? That's Christianity. That's what they need to see in you. If they see something like that, maybe, just maybe, one day, you will be the source that they came back to and said, you know what, I remember you telling me about this once. I I think I need to talk. You've left a mark. You've left the source. But if you argue with them and no fruit is shown, no evidence of your faith whatsoever, why would they come to you? You know, we care too much about our reputation. Everybody's got one, right? And most people want their reputation to be that they're, they're right, that they're doing it right. Uh, they know things, and uh, everybody else is wrong. And this little group of people sitting right here, don't we all think we know who the Messiah is? And there's a group over there, well, I don't know, that think Christ has not come yet. How are you going to treat them? This little group right here, if they were standing out in the parking lot, what would you do? Would you go out there and say, you know, I I believe that, that Christ was God and that the Messiah had come and he has to be from the root of Jesse would you go down that path? He's got to be from the root of Jesse. He's got to be a descendant of Abraham. And seems how we don't have that genealogy anymore, if your Christ is not here already, he hasn't come. He never will because we don't have that genealogy. Records. <laughs> I'll get an email about that too. And then I'll justify it. Instead of just saying, yeah, I'm flawed. I know that. Good for you. Right? I'm flawed. And I know that. And sometimes you just have to say, good for you. I'll try harder next time. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. You know, I've got to think about that a little bit. Well, you've given me something to think about. Anybody ever say that? Or do we just argue? I turned on the news the other night. What a show. There were mothers screaming at other mothers. Some had masks on. Some were pulling their kids, holding them up and getting them out of there. What a mess. And I'll bet both of those people were probably Christians. I think one had a cross around her neck. The other one probably had a fish on the back of her car, right? We we know what to look for. And and they're, they're physically in each other's face, yelling, accusing one another just yelling back and forth because one believed this and one believed this and one had a bullhorn. You know how I feel about the bullhorn guy, right? What a mess. Any of you guys do that? Because that's not Christ-like. You better take the cross off or the one around your neck. You better take the fish off the back of your car. 
because that's not Christ-like. There's absolutely no fruit coming from something like that, and we find ourselves in it. You know, now we have this social media where, um, you know, it used to be when I was younger, if I wanted to tell Josh that, uh, oh boy, better be careful, right? (laughs) Oh, are you flawed? Oh, good for you. (laughs) If I wanted to find out what Josh was doing, what he thought, what his opinion was on something, I had to go look him in the eye. Now, we're not as as, uh, courageous looking people in the eye as we are writing something on somebody's wall. You get so brave, right? Now you can put it out there. I don't have to see him ever again. Boy, and I'm going to type on there, you suck. Now, see, now I said that. You know, you, you, you all, most of you are probably on Facebook, right? If you're not, good for you. But you are so brave now. You can, you can say whatever you want. No, you can't. In fact, not saying anything might not be good enough. You've got to have this balance. Christ brings joy into our life. Do you show it to anybody? Do you have anybody in your life that's like, you might walk up to them and say, man, you're always so happy. Those are the people that might come to you when they're in a pinch, when they need to know something, when they're in a bad spot. Does anybody ever come up to you and say, I don't know how you handled that the way that you did. That is a huge testimony. Everybody thinks that this testimony is to come before the church and stand up here and take 15 minutes to tell all about our life. Yeah, I guess that's a testimony, but the best one is seeing somebody else do something in a Christian way. There's a Christian. You walk up to somebody and say, you just did something that we all should be doing. This is joy. This is affirmation to somebody. And the person that you don't think is doing it right, you do not have the right to say, you blew it. I don't know why I looked over there. You blew it. We are supposed to be full of joy. Let's, I actually want to read this. Romans 14, 1 through 3. It's a little bit long. Except, I just want to stop right there. You all know what this means, right? Except the one whose faith is weak without quarreling about disputable matters. Now, do you think that that their faith, the one that has weak faith, is the same faith as you? Or is it another faith? Or does it mean that they just think a little bit different than you? Maybe you should look up the Greek word of this here and see what this is talking about. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. Is that something you would argue about? Somebody that doesn't eat meat or something? What's wrong with them? Yeah, we, we do that, right? And then they find out about it, and then they have to justify it. Well, you know, I got this stomach issue, and I... Good for you. The one who eats anything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. This is Christianity. This is how we're supposed to treat everybody. Accept them. Don't treat them with contempt. And the one who does not eat anything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. God loves them just as much as he loves you. 
in whatever this is that you're talking about, whether it's your faith, whether it's your opinion, whether it's how you live your life, you are supposed to accept, and you're supposed to treat them right. It doesn't, this, this acceptance doesn't mean that you approve of what they do. It doesn't mean that you uh, condone what they do. It means that you have accepted it for just a brief time. If you treat them like that, maybe when they realize that they're flawed too, they might come to you and ask you how you do it. Why are you always so happy? You treat everybody so good. I've never seen you mad before. Anybody get anything like that? Why are you so concerned about being right? When somebody, when you tell somebody about your faith, it should be with this joyful excitement. Not that they're doing it wrong, that this is what God's done for me. Let me tell you about what God's done for me. That's joyful. That's kind. That's gentle. You don't walk up to somebody and say, you need Jesus. Because you need Jesus. If you walked up to him and said, I have had the best week, and I think it's all because I, was, I got in my word, and I started reading the Bible, and man, God has just been so good to me. It's huge to talk about your faith in that way, the joyful way. This is what he's done for me. Not that somebody else has done it wrong, but this is what he's done for me. This is how I get through things. This is how I handle things. This is what God's done for me. Not that everybody else is doing it wrong. You can't save everybody. You can sow a seed. And by telling somebody how good your God is, what Jesus has done for you, especially when you're asked. The guy that just throws it out there is not always effective. But when they see it in your life, the joy, the peace, the love, the love for one another, it says that they will know you're his disciples by your love. You're not even going to have to tell them, right? This love is going to show them that you are a follower of Jesus Christ and life is better this way. I personally know. I have a testimony like that. Don't ask for that kind of testimony. Just accept the fact that you're blessed because you accepted him without some sort of tra- tragedy or crisis in your life. Everybody says, oh, I wish I had a testimony like that. No, you don't. You're actually asking to go through something like that? No, you don't. Just accept him now. Would anybody have any idea that you're a follower of Jesus Christ by the way that you act? If not, maybe you need a different delivery system. You need joy. You need peace. They're going to know you're a disciple by your love. Why don't we try it this week? He's a forgiver. He's a redeemer. He's a savior. He's my substitute on the cross. He gives peace. He's a healer. He makes the lame walk and the blind see. He's a comforter. He's a mighty counselor. He's the truth, the life, and the way. He's the Son of God and the Son of Man. He's the High Priest and the Messiah. He's a teacher and he's a friend. He's the Lamb of God and the light of the world. He's the living water and the bread of life. I better just stop. Sometimes you need a delivery system like this. Psalm 126, 5 through 6. Those who sow with tears will reap the songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying 
seed to sow will return the songs of joy carrying sheaths with them. If you understand what sheaths is, you'll understand that. Sometimes they got to see it in you. They got to see your tone. They got to see how broken you were. And no, you're not. Tears so seeds huge. I'm not telling everybody around and start crying. I'm telling you that it means with compassion. This is what he's done for me. And he can do it for you too. Maybe they'll ask you. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for waiting for me. Thank you for nudging me and pushing me and molding me into the person you want me to be. And thank you that you gave me the time, the gentleness and the kindness to recognize how much I need you. I can never talk enough about how Jesus saved my life. God, let me do it in a joyful, effective manner so that people can see it in my step, they can hear it in my voice, and they can see it in my eyes because that is sowing with weeping tears. God, we thank you so much. Let us go from this place in peace. You give us safety so that we can go out and throw down a few seeds. In Jesus' name, amen. Go throw some seeds.